Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in your everyday life. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Pastor Bob Wilk and Liz Jones. Hello. I'm David. Today, we're talking about sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing to do because Jesus has actually commanded us to do that. Okay. Okay, good. Okay. All right. So, so we all that's, agree. Yes. that's good. We're on the same well, page. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> so we already learned on our evangelist podcast that it's not just the evangelists that share the gospel. Every mm-hmm. Christian's supposed to do that. But what does that even mean? What is the gospel? What what would you even say to someone if you're gonna if you're gonna tell them the gospel? You're gonna tell them the good news. Yeah, the gospel is the good news. It is the mm-hmm. greatest news mm-hmm. because it means that the life that you're currently living on this <laughs> earth on this earth, you do not have to live. Yeah. You can live a life that is so much better, that is in a, a body of people who will love you, who will walk with you. You can have relationship with the one that made you. You can mm-hmm. find out what you were made for. Like you can be free of all of the things that are so heavy and weigh you down and oppress you. Like there is, to, there's nothing that's not good in the gospel. Like it yeah. is um, the greatest thing to be able to share the good news. Amen. Yeah. yeah. What would you say? You're sharing the gospel with someone. What are you, what are you telling them? I would probably tell them that they're, they're not designed for hell. Yeah. You know, that, that would be a real bummer if they ended up there. You know what I'm saying? Like, bummer. you know, yeah. yeah, real bummer. And it'd be hell. And it'd be hell on earth <laughs> or, or someplace else. Yeah. But it's like, you're not really compatible with that area. So yeah. why would you want to show up there anyway? Yeah. That's probably. what I, I think I'd keep it pretty, pretty simple. So the news simple. is, so the news is really what? Like, what's the news? The news is Jesus, right? Yeah. The news is that God has made this happen because, yeah, we're not designed for hell. We are designed for God. We're designed mm-hmm. for a relationship. But what's making that happen? It's the intervention of God, right? Absolutely. Through Jesus coming to earth, mm-hmm. that incarnating, dying on the cross, being buried, being raised from the dead, ascending mm-hmm. to the throne, interceding for us, and coming again. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, sometimes people are like, well, the gospel is salvation, or the gospel is grace, or the gospel is the kingdom, or and there's lots of gospels, but really it's the gospel of the glory of Christ. That's in Second Corinthians four, and it's all summed up in that, right? Like, I mean, I think you have the gospel according to John. That's a whole book, and it's mm-hmm. the gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's you can make the argument that the whole story of the Bible is the gospel. Right. This is the good news. It or is. you can make the argument that it's hey, Jesus is the King, so He's bringing His kingdom. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, Jesus is God and he loves you, so he gave you grace and forgiveness. And through his blood, he's brought you to God. That is the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of ways we can define it. But I like to say it's like really if you're sharing Jesus with someone, that's the word. Right. Like you're sharing the person of the word with someone. Mm-hmm. And that could be a seed. Yeah. Even if I look at someone and I say, Jesus loves you so much, they might think about that. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit might start to really use that. So I think I think like with the we we're talking about the content of the gospel, you got to try to get to Jesus. Sometimes people don't let you get all the way there, mm-hmm. but hey, I, I think like that's where we're going with it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. I think yeah. that it's an invitation into relationship mm-hmm. with the truth, yes, and that and being the person of Jesus Christ. And I think that um, you're right. It is so much more than. And I agree. People really focus on that and like get them to say the salvation prayer, right? <laughs> that's. What cool. part of the Bible is like, that? <laughs> that's you know, it's like yes, you want the you want people to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and to invite Him to be Lord of their life and surrender to Him. But the reason for that is so that they can live the rest of their life and their eternal life with Him. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the whole. That's the whole thing. So it's so mm-hmm. much more. I I think that evangelism has been pigeonholed into this thing of like, get people to say prayers and I love your heart on it. It's not that at all, but it is to bring them into relationship with Jesus. That isn't supposed to last Mm -hmm. for the rest of their life and into eternity. And that involves, you know, the church that involves a whole bunch of other things. I think evangelism is really inviting them into a whole new way of living. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, who are we preaching this gospel to? Everyone. (laughs) (laughs) exactly is it just just the heathens that need the gospel no i think that uh i think christians need the gospel too a lot of them are heathens well yeah well (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of us. <laughs> a lot of us. Did you mean them or us? Yeah. <laughs> we. Yeah, I believe that uh, everyone needs the gospel. And yeah. I think everyone needs a reminder of the gospel all yeah, the time. Totally. Because the gospel is, in fact, Christ, right? Yes. And we were talking, you know, kidding around. Yeah, it's hell and all. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. There's those components that, those are the benefits of the, of the gospel or the relationship with him. But the reality is the gospel is everything revolves around him Amen. and nothing else. And so everything is pointing toward him, bringing us into relationship with him, and it, it doesn't lead anywhere else. So as good Christian people who once said, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ, you know, mm-hmm. my Lord and Savior, and that he died and was resurrected for me, and we believed it, yeah. you know, in, in our hearts, confessed it with our mouth, did all the Bible stuff, Sure, we're still required to walk with him every day and i think it it's a great thing to be reminded yeah you know it matter of fact i always get a kick because some every once in a while i like to like just read the sinner's prayer and go oh <laughs> yeah that still kind of applies here yeah yeah because it's an invitation yeah it's you know I love that what you guys are saying. It's not so much just like a decisionism, like, okay, are you going to pray that prayer? Right. It's like, no, he's asking for your life. Yeah. And really, I, I mean, something that's good to say to people is, you know, Jesus loves you with his whole heart and he wants you to love him in return. Mm. And that's really what God's saying. It's not just Jesus. He's bringing us to the Father through the Holy yeah. Spirit. Right. And the Father actually sent Jesus to bring us into relationship. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're preaching sort of like, let me sell him on it, and you know, I'll, I'll kind of leave out some things or I'll sugarcoat some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to miss out on what the real call of the gospel is um, and the real call of evangelism. But you might be able to get a few scalps and feel good about yourself. <laughs> you know, you could just on you could just corner somebody and pressure them into saying something. Right. But that's not that's not doing anything. I used to try to do that you know, and for a while. I felt good about myself, but then I'm like, I could probably convince them just as easily to to buy a Chevy instead of a Ford if I just pressure them into it. But then they're going to go still buy a, you know, a Ford. And so, uh, but this kind of brings me to the next point. Would anyone buy a Ford? I don't know. Um, My next point was just to ask you guys, um, what role does the Holy spirit play in evangelism? Mm. Or does he come in after the person gets, gets saved? He's kind of like the Christian God, right? Right. Yes, that's him. That's exactly <laughs> him. What does he do in this? Well, I believe that his whole purpose here on earth is to uh, bring us into all truth, mm-hmm. you know, to, to uh, bring our lives to an awareness of the truth, to teach mm-hmm. us of the truth. And, and that's also one of the benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I yeah. get that. But I believe prior to being filled, Holy Spirit's in the earth. Yeah. It's a little hard to contain them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I believe yeah. his whole, his whole, uh, he, his whole life here on earth is actually, uh, convicting people yeah, of, man. and that's not an evil thing. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Actually conviction sounds, you know, like, Oh, wow, you're going to prison, but it's not mm-hmm. that it's actually uh, wooing you, drawing you to, to the Lord himself. So yeah. I believe that he, you know, he has that, um, I don't know if you want to call it assignment other than that's his life. That's who he is, totally. is to draw all men, uh, to, to Jesus. He's, yeah. he is, the, he's the sign for that. And, um, uh, and the, the wooer of our souls, completely. Uh, you know, complete. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I think also, um, when sharing the gospel, um, I'm trying to think of how to say this. We can share it like we're just trying to convince people with our words. Yeah. But when Holy Spirit comes and anoints mm-hmm. it, it touches people way beyond what you're saying. Mm-hmm. There's an experience that they come into where they experience something that's not of this world. They experience something mm-hmm. supernatural. And they may not totally understand everything you're actually saying to them, but they will feel the presence of Holy Spirit and yeah. it will it will do something to it will affect them. Absolutely, Holy Spirit yeah. um anoints the word and he anoints the gospel. And there's also we see countless times in in the, throughout the Bible where people preach the word and it was confirmed with signs and wonders mm-hmm. and that's the work of Holy Spirit so is that there's a there's a a a presence of the supernatural power of God that validates the words that are being spoken and gives power to them beyond just 
beyond just natural um, persuasion. Yeah. There's a, a persuasion, I believe the Holy Spirit does, right. on the spirits Amen. and souls of people. And that part we cannot overlook. It's not something, it's not about how like eloquently you can speak. It's about actually are you inviting Holy Spirit to come and move mm-hmm. through you. Oh, yeah. And that's love that the demonstration yeah. of the spirit and power yeah it's like not the eloquence of words first corinthians 2 mm-hmm. um yeah there's so much we cannot we cannot evangelize without holy spirit yeah. right he was sent jesus said you will receive power when the holy mm-hmm. spirit comes right. on you and you'll be my witnesses mm-hmm. and i think sometimes as christians we need a fresh filling of that holy spirit when we have someone we know we need to share with whether that's in our sphere of influence or whether someone gets highlighted to you by god at the bus stop you're going to need the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to be bold and get outside yourself and start engaging that person. You can do it by the flesh. If you're a good extrovert, you're a good salesman, you have a lot of enthusiasm. But like Liz is saying, it's not going to change their mind. There, there's going to be a demonstration that the Spirit brings, and he's going to testify to the truth of the gospel. He may testify by convicting someone's heart, like mm-hmm. you said, Pastor Bob. He may testify by healing someone, mm-hmm. by revealing a word of knowledge. Lately, the Lord's been disciplining me when I go and share with people because I was like, I would sometimes I would pray and I would try to get a word of knowledge or an insight that I could come and bring to them. Like, hey, God showed me this about you. And then when they're like, whoa, that's cool. I'd be like, I want to tell you about Jesus because I would think it would make it easier for me Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the Lord will do that. I'm not going to limit God. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times he will do that in the Bible. He does it sometimes. But when I've been leading, just talking with someone and trying to share the love of God and trying to talk about Jesus man, it'll start firing like all these different um, leadings of the Holy Spirit to pray for certain things or to say certain things. It'll start coming and it'll resonate with the person. And I think the Lord's been saying, hey, look, preach the gospel to the whole creation and the signs will follow. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will empower you to start sharing Jesus and then he will back up what you say about Jesus. So we never have to do it ourselves. One time I heard uh, Francis Chan say like, if you were to go to a graveyard and your your job was to raise the dead, um, how how hard would you pray? And who would you bring with you? And he's like, we're trying to raise the dead when we're evangelizing. Right. You can't do that without prayer. Right. You can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. You can get someone to sign a card, but you can't regenerate someone's heart. Right. Only the Holy Spirit can bring from mm-hmm. dead to life. Only he can remove the veil that's blinding people mm-hmm. to the gospel of glory. Mm-hmm. So we're totally dependent on Holy Spirit. But the good news is that Jesus wants to fill us with him for that purpose, for a lot of other purposes too, but for the purpose of getting people into relationship with God. I mean, yeah. Holy Spirit came for that. I think I, it's also that the, um, the, you know, the trinity of God is, mm-hmm. is so complete and so connected to each other that we forget that they all are the best representative of each other. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. They all confirm each other. They all validate each other. They all, in one way or another, the father's drawing, you know, to the son, the son to mm-hmm. his shedding Holy spirit. The Holy spirit is leading to both the father and the son and yeah. uh, you know, the truth. Um, and so they, they are their best representative. <laughs> Actually, we're, we're a conduit for them. Mm-hmm. And so if we understand in evangelism that we are not presenting us, but them, right. um, the fullness of God, uh, then it, I believe it, um, I believe evangelism is a lot more effective that way, actually. Yeah. I think it's a, it has more, uh, because you're, what you're really bringing to somebody is the relationship you have with them, mm-hmm. not the relationship you you think they should have with them, <laughs> right? Yeah, you, really you, all you can do is show them your relationship. Mm-hmm. You really can't promise that their relationships, how it's going to go, what it's going to look like if you do this and, you know, all of that stuff. We can say that oh, there's some promises in, in the relationship, you know, that saved, like we said, from hell and eternal mm-hmm. death and all that kind of weird stuff. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good all by itself. <laughs> but we, but that's not, like you said, that's not really what they're signing up for. Yeah. They're actually coming to him. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, they they're their best representatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit's there to glorify Jesus. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think that takes a lot of pressure off in, this, in the, <laughs> the thought Hopefully. of evangelizing, too, is that you really don't have anything to bring to the table. Like, you know, we said this before, like, you really don't, except you're there. Yeah. You know, and like, you're dependent on Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, and you, you know, you've prepared your life as best as you can. Not perfect, but you're willing. Yes. And so I think that really does take a lot of pressure off of, like, I have to be super eloquent, and I have to be mm-hmm. super convincing, and I have to, you know, it's like, the people that I see evangelizing, they're not like, they're not super no, not um, preacher. You know what I mean? Most <laughs> right. of them like on, no, I mean yeah. just like on the people that I see it that are really effective at yeah. bringing people to the Lord. They're just like, they're kind of, they're just real, you yeah. know, and they're just sharing and they're not perfect. And they're not no. probably even the ones that we would choose to go represent. If I'm <laughs> well, being honest, it's like, important to remember right. uh, in that. Cause I think it's really where, uh, we f- all fail in evangelism, and that is that um, we're not selling ourselves. Right. Right. Uh, Wait, what? Right. And we're not giving. <laughs> we're not giving anybody anything. Mm-hmm. We're just. Um, we're just introducing them. Yeah. Right. So right. we're not. We're we're not on the date. <laughs> we're just not double we're dates. A friend like, of the bride. We're a friend of the bridegroom. It's like, hey, we. Well, I want to let you know. And I think a lot of people have a real issue with evangelism because um, they're concerned about being rejected personally. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Not you know. And and meanwhile, when you know they're rejecting him, they're not rejecting you. Yeah. Right. You know, unless you're weird. And, doing the, well, that's white, the, key, right? the white shoe uh, salesman right. thing, then they could be rejecting you. I mean, that's the key. You want to present yourself in a way that they are they are rejecting Jesus and not right. you for being abnormal, yelling in King James, yelling in tongues at them, right. you know, telling them they're going to burn in hell, all this. Like, you can get to that and say it in a good way. I mean, you should tell the truth to people. But, right. yeah, make it so that they actually are rejecting Jesus, not you. <laughs> you can be very offensive in your own presentation right. of the gospel and that's not the gospel itself you know you got to get yourself out of the way there um did you have another thought liz you say? nope okay thoughts. Right, there's cool. no um, thoughts there at all <laughs> yeah. um well you mentioned rejection yeah and people fearing that um and that kind of brings us to what i want to talk about in terms of barriers to sharing the gospel or what mm. blocks us mm. from sharing um and i know rejection has been a big one that i've, I've had to rest, wrestle with but what are some things maybe you guys have wrestled with that sort of block you when you're like, oh, I could share more, but I'm, I'm not? Do you, have you been able to pinpoint what are some things that have, have held you back in the past? Would you be willing mm-hmm. to share? I guess for me, uh, there's been times in the past where there was a, uh, I was the fear of maybe not representing him rightly yeah. or wholly or completely or with all the right words. It's very self-oriented when that mm-hmm. fear comes in. It's not, has nothing to do with the, really the person yeah. and uh, or the person of god it's um i think it's when i get in the way of the evangelism mm. okay. you, you yes. know what i'm saying yes. and uh so i think when i focus on that personally then it's a hindrance to me evangelizing okay i'm concerned about it I, just like the things we talked about the you fear re- of failure failure like rejection yes. you know all of that stuff nobody mm-hmm. nobody runs around going oh I hope I can fail. <laughs> I hope I get rejected. I hope, uh, you know, nobody's, that's not normal human, um, except when you actually humble yourself in, in the hands of the Lord and actually become his hands extended in the earth, then there's a lot less of you to get in the way of all that. That is not so easy to do no. because that's a, I mean, I believe just speaking to, you know, the things that have, uh, uh, plagued me in the past in those areas is just the uh, getting out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's like, what does I, you know, basically strengthening my soul enough to be confident enough in Him that He is calling, He is responsible yes. for their salvation. I'm not. Yes. And, um, and then, you know, there's the, the personal side too, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if you've noticed it, but. Us Christians are strange <laughs> by worldly, right? By worldly, by by worldly standards. True. Yes. I mean, you are. We are different. We're a peculiar people, right? I mean, yeah, right? that's the what the Bible says. Okay, we love it, that yeah. scripture. Huh? And uh, yes, we are separate. Separate. Yeah. And so I think we sometimes take that on as a um, persona, mm-hmm. and are and we're concerned about that. Like, am I going to be rejected because I'm weird? Because I'm different. Well, 
I am weird, and you, yeah. you guys know that, and I'm different. You I'm are. actually different from the world. And so I'm not offering them a nicer world, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And those that I, I mean, you're asking, I'm just yeah, telling you it's great. serious yeah. stuff. I mean, I believe that gets in the way of our evangelism. It, it gets in the way of mine, mm -hmm. and I'm positive it gets in the way of other people. It, it has to because what other things would get in the way? Liz, what other things? So many things. So many things. <laughs> I don't I have think, the time um, right now. Yeah, was, you know, I do think time is a big uh -huh. one. That's, a, uh -huh. that's probably time. time. Mm -hmm. That's probably the yeah. biggest one for me is that, especially when you're busy with mm -hmm. church stuff, it's, it can be challenging actually to find time oh boy. to go be with <laughs> other people. Church can get in the way I'm of evangelism. No, church I'm can serious. hinder evangelism? It, I mean, I believe that we are also evangelizing, like you said, to Christians. There are Christians yes. who need hope. They yes. need to be reminded of the good mm -hmm. news, of the message of why you're here, what you're living for, mm -hmm. coming out of where you are to where you should be. Right? That's all evangelism. There's always the call there. But mm -hmm. I think also that sometimes we do just get really locked into routine and totally. it's, um, it's, and even when you're with people, you're like in the store or whatever, like you're just so targeted on, I got to get this, this, this mm -hmm. and get out. Cause I got to get home and I got to do this and I got to do that. And it's hard to be like, what, who in here needs an encounter with the Lord? It you know, like that is just, a, <laughs> th th so this is just some That's of the, really my good. challenges. Um, yeah. it is a lot easier when I'm, um, aware of God, like when I've really been with him mm -hmm. and when you start to, um, see people the way he sees them, it's much easier yeah. to engage them. Cool. Um, I find another, another thing that is hard for me sometimes is if I'm trying to do it the way someone else does it, oh. like I'm trying to think of like, how would so-and-so how should, how should I evangelize? What would Todd White do? What would an evangelist do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, how would they, right. how would they talk to this person? Or yeah. I got to do this or they do this. So I, mm -hmm. unless I'm doing that, then I'm not quite get, getting yes. there, you know? And it's like, yes. just understanding that if you can just be with people <laughs> and like, just be aware and talk to them mm -hmm. and the Lord will make their needs, their needs are usually so present. Yeah. I find with people like their needs are just like right on the surface. <laughs> if you just stop and talk to them yeah. for a minute, something comes out like within the first yep. 30 seconds, yep. uh, you know, cause people have a lot of things that Isn't are on that there. The truth, it's huh? true. Yeah. It's there's like right there. And it's like, you can, and it doesn't have to be okay. Yeah. What would Todd White do here? What would pastor David <laughs> do? It's Todd like, White? I'm here. <laughs> oh, you got, you got a good YouTube journey ahead of you. He's, he's I, know, awesome. I know it's Todd, but awesome. his last name's not yeah. White. <laughs> but it's like, okay, like, Lord, what do you want to do here? Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. really. And that's, exactly. and I don't have a formula I'm trying to follow. I'm just trying to be sensitive to Holy Spirit yeah. and how he wants to minister to that person. Yeah, and so yeah. that takes a lot of pressure. You know, there's there's another thing too when you're talking about your time and things, and yeah. um, I think sometimes uh, our routine gets in the way oh, yeah. because we're in the routine of doing things, accomplishing things, getting things, and actually to um, actually present the Lord requires you to get out of your normal routine at times, mm -hmm. not all the time, but many times it can happen in your routine. I get that. Mm -hmm. If you're open to that, right. uh, if you don't have any like stop signs there, like, Oh, I can't ever share that mm -hmm. because this is not the appropriate place or time. But I think if you get out of the routine of life, it's, I think evangelism simpler actually. than I think when you're, and I think sometimes when people are like on vacation, even they just, it's they're more um, relaxed, and oh, yeah. so they're mm -hmm. now you're more likely to share your life with somebody. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're yeah. like working and doing stuff, you're you know I got an appointment here, and I'm next one's in ten minutes. You know it's like, you know here's Jesus, bye. Right. <laughs> you know it doesn't right. come as naturally, right. and um, yeah. So I think that uh, that does have a lot to do with it. And when and I think we have to also be very sensitive in this area to Holy Spirit prodding us. Mm -hmm in evangelism to be open to like get out of our routine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I remember a week or so ago, I was meeting with a client actually. And, uh, he was, you know, up the hill some and, uh, looking at some, some building he needed redesigned. And, um, he was really having a hard time. And like, I just, I'm like, you know, we're talking business, but I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Can, can can we pray together? You yes, know, and yes. and so I stopped everything and that was a very um 
it, uh, you know, was part of my, here was my routine and I had a lot of other things going, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden I had to get, feel that tap that, and like mm -hmm. go past that threshold of pain, like, uh oh, I'm going to be late now <laughs> for something else mm -hmm. and actually step into that mm -hmm. place. Yeah. People pleasing, right? I'm going to let other people down and I'm not going to, it's, but it's huge. What you guys are saying is just availability. Yeah. Taking and, the earbuds out in public. Right. Right. Sitting down and looking around at the people around you and just praying for them, taking time. And this is, you know, something you can do if you haven't started really sharing your faith a lot. You can create some availability in your schedule and just sit with God and pray and see how he'll use you and just start developing that. And that's how you start walking in, you know, more evangelism, more reaching out, more fishing. That's towards strangers. There, there's obviously different. Most mm -hmm. of, I'd say 98% of evangelism should be within your existing web work of relationships. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you're saying, being present and being in the community, if you can create times of availability, you'll start to grow in it. If you surrender that to God and you're like, mm -hmm. I'm here for this reason, show me. He'll show you. He'll show you at least one thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just going back to what blocks people, like for me, I think <laughs> when I've been thinking about this, there's like an unholy trinity, which is like <laughs> fear, shame, and offense. Uh, I think those really, hmm. there's probably more like people say, oh, I don't know enough and all this. And yeah, yeah that's all which solved. If uh, That's laziness, actually, <laughs> because you can go and study anything that, that you want and learn learn the answer to it. So I rebuke that anyway, but um, no, I lovingly rebuke that. You can go, you have a whole internet. You can learn the apologetics that you need. You can learn the verses that you need. You can equip yourself. Um, but you know, fear, like pastor Bob mentioned, fear of failure, fear of rejection. Um, that's huge, right? Um, you know, shame. Oh, I'm not worthy to share the gospel because of what I've done. You know, I sinned two days ago, so I need to be pure for two weeks before I could ever minister, mm -hmm. right? So shame really gets on people, um, but offense is huge. Offense is just, that's been the thing that shut me off the most. Um, I was sharing the gospel like super consistently for several years, and um, probably about three or four years ago, I went through about a year span where I didn't share <laughs> the gospel with almost a single person. There were probably a few. The Lord gave me certain open doors. But I was really shut off because of offense. I just started getting, I was like adjusting to a new town, new place I was living. I felt like, oh, I don't really have any friends anymore. Like, how did my life go this direction? And some people were doing things to me in different, I won't get into it, but some personal struggles with people. Um, and the offense at people is always offense at God because God's responsible for your life. If you don't like your life, or someone in it, you're going to subconsciously hold it against God. And you're not going to be full of hope in God when you're disappointed in God. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to have any hope to share. You just won't. You'll be like, oh, yeah, who cares? I'm not here for that. Yeah. I don't have hope myself. Why would I want to invite someone into a life that mm -hmm. I'm not enjoying? Yeah. And, and you know, Apostle Paul said, I take pains to have a conscience void of offense toward God and man. And he meant, I don't offend man and God, but he, I think he also meant, I don't take offense at God. I don't take offense at man because that will cut off your hope. It'll cut off, um, you know, like you said, people on vacation, they're enjoying their life. They're like, man, I'm blessed. And then they're going to start sharing more because they actually are appreciating what they have. And it's just, it's so key, like to keep our conscience clean. Hmm. And that's like not walking in any sort of hypocrisy or sin you can and still share the gospel because it's not about you. Right. It's about Jesus. But it'll really help you in your boldness if you have a clean conscience. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, the wicked flees when no one pursues, but the righteous is as bold as a lion. Mm -hmm. If you don't know of anything against yourself, it doesn't mean you're acquitted, but, you know, you're doing your best to search yourself. And, you know, you're just not taking in all that rejection and all that, you know, things that come at you in the world. It's like this idea that we're representing God and not ourselves. And then when someone rejects us, we actually feel that, that they didn't reject me. I was putting on Christ. Mm -hmm. They actually rejected Christ because I was not representing myself, my schedule, my interests. I was going out of my way to make a coffee appointment and share my testimony with this person. And they lashed back at it. Okay, like that wasn't me. That was, <laughs> you know, I'm not representing myself. I'm not going to take offense at that. So for me, I've, I've just, I think those are things to really think about and maybe mm -hmm. go to a friend or a pastor and, and talk those things out. Yeah. If those are in your life, they'll be bad for any sort of ministry. <laughs> just yeah. evangelism. Yeah. Well, I think also in that area, we are, um, I mean, Paul uh, speaks to us about bringing 
our thoughts into captivity, bring it, you know, bringing things in order in our soul so mm-hmm. that our soul is solid and right. Uh, isn't it may not be perfect, but it's, it's strengthened, it's strong. And I think offense uh, really affects our soul or the way we think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so there's a component of how we think about our life that is, uh, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So yes. mouth ain't going to be speaking a lot of evangelism to people if the heart's all like, <laughs> oh, I don't know about this. I, you yeah. know, I, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't know what, if I should do this. And, or yeah. if you have offense against the Lord, yeah, right, right then it's going to be like, yeah, you hey, you didn't perform God like I told you to. Mm-hmm. So why should I do something for you? Exactly. Right? I mean, exactly. that's that's what it really gets down to when you have offense against the Lord. It's, okay. uh, I mean, it sounds kind of harsh there, but that's what it is. It <laughs> you is. Know, and I think, just, uh, you know, just like the blood of Christ cleanses, cleanses your own guilt, mm-hmm. it will also cleanse offense because you think about the God that I'm mad at is the God that shed his blood. Yeah. Right. That doesn't make sense. Right. When right. you actually drill down into it, and you believe in it, you say, all right, I'm, I'm in the wrong here. Right. But you might need help, like I said. You might need somebody to help you walk through that because mm-hmm. we, we do take some hits. And the enemy's trying to throw that in there. He oh, he wants is to, part of It'll that, disable yeah. your prayer life. It'll disable your mm-hmm. evangelism, all your ministry, mm-hmm. just right. even your interactions with people. It'll disable your marriage. It'll disable your, your parenting. He's trying to get that in there. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking pains with your conscience, you'll gain boldness from that. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you will not have boldness. It won't even be anything <laughs> right Be as timid right. as a mouse not as bold as a lion right yeah um, yeah i think that's a good way to for us to check our hearts too is that if i don't have a desire <clears throat> to share the gospel with people why why not is mm-hmm. it because i have um i don't i'm not in love with what i'm living you yeah. know because that's it's like you know i've heard applies in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, if someone who's not happy with their marriage, they're not going to be recommending for someone to get married, (laughs) you know, really, I mean, or if you're having a hard time parenting, you're like, Oh, I think it's stop twice before you do this, you know, but it is the same thing. If you're, if your relationship with the Lord and with his church is not, um, rooted in love and that hasn't been kept or if there is offense there, um, you are not going to, you're not going to be like, Hey, you should come into this life. I'm living right. You're like, no, I'm not going to, you have no desire to share it with anybody. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be, exactly. it is a good thing for us to check our hearts of if, do I have, is this, do I believe that the life I'm living is worth <clears> inviting <throat> people into? Yeah, man. Do I believe that I have something that they need and that they will love and that they're made for because mm-hmm. I was made for it and I, the Lord rescued me and he wants to rescue them. I yeah. think there's a huge love component in evangelism that gets overlooked a lot of times because it is all about you've received the love of God for your life and you get to live in that Mm -hmm. and that he sheds his love for other people in your heart. Mm -hmm. And when you see them and you really see them, it's like how, like they, they don't know how much they're loved. They don't know what Mm -hmm. they're made for. They don't know the life that they're destined to live and they're living Mm -hmm. hopeless right now. And someone needs to tell them, that there's a better way to live. Someone right. needs to tell them right. that there that he is returning and that there will be an end to this and that there yeah. will be a day of reckoning. And Amen. you don't want to be on the wrong side of that. Like there's a there's a compelling of love, I believe, mm. that um needs to be um restored, revived mm-hmm. <laughs> in the yeah. church, that we would actually love the world the way that he loved it. Yeah, yeah. So actually, uh, speaking to that, I believe that if you aren't looking at people all around you, in the church, out of the church, in the world, not in the world, uh, through God's eyes, looking at them like he looks at them, you'll be very hard-pressed to do evangelism mm-hmm. of any kind because uh, that's how he's viewing them. And if we are a representative of him and and presenting him, uh, we will present him wrong if we're looking like through our own eyes, because I think one of the hindrances to evangelism is that sometimes we think, well, we we size somebody up, or we you know we know somebody, mm-hmm. we know like their life, we know what they've done, yeah. and we, you know all the places they failed possibly, or the places they've been very successful in. Because I believe yeah. either one of those could hinder you from doing evangelism, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that guy has everything; they don't need him. You know, yeah, what am I going to offer him, right? Or so. Both ends of that coin are, are dead end, actually, because um, the 
we if you're looking at evangelism like you're fixing somebody (laughs) (laughs) or you have answers for somebody like in their life Mm -hmm. well actually you don't have answers for them in their life no Uh, you have him you have a whole new life you have another life yes and and that's then it's their choice obviously to receive or reject but we can't fix them enough to bring them to God. No. And if we think evangelism is okay, uh, if I show them how wrong they are in their <laughs> life, then they'll want God. It's uh-huh. like, maybe not, <laughs> actually. Maybe they might not want him anyway, and they're satisfied with the way their life is. So really the only thing, you're, you're, you're actually getting them to focus on their life more than on his life. Mm-hmm. And it's really his life we're presenting. We're not presenting, uh, you know, or trying to it, listen. If I if I can just show you the balance here and show you like your life's really bad and God's life's really good, then you'll come to him. Not necessarily. Exactly. People don't come to him because of that. They have to have an encounter with God Himself, mm-hmm. and they have. And the and the thing is, they are responsible to make that decision and. No matter how cool you are and slick you are and how good you have and how many scriptures you have to give them and and show them the progression. Oh, I can run you through Romans Road. I'll show you every scripture that how you, Way you know. The master. What's that? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, that's great. And people still go, nah. Yep. Like, yeah. no. Sounds like you need Holy Spirit. Yeah, it sounds like you need Holy Spirit. And they need to receive him. Yeah. You right. know, he came to his own and his own received him not, right. according to the word. So, like, there, I mean, he was in the flesh, face to face, healing, yep. right? By Holy Spirit, raising people from the dead by Holy Spirit. And they went, that's nice. Let's kill him. Uh, yeah. Right? Exactly. I mean, that's the reality of it. We have to be Offense. faithful to present. Yeah. We, so. we are not, we can't, we're not responsible to fix the person's life or think that we have some great slick answers so that their life, uh, the life we're offering looks better than the life they have. Mm-hmm. We, it is, yeah. but we have to just, you know, bring them to Jesus yeah. and, and leave them in Jesus's hand. Cause you know, I'm sure there's lots of times when people, you know, they'll come in and they'll actually pray with you. Sometimes they might do that just so you leave them alone. (laughs) I'm telling you this, Um, but they um, they'll do it just to get you out of the way if you're Mm -hmm. if you're obnoxious and Mm -hmm. weird that way, Um, and uh, and rightfully so they should do that to you (laughs) because you're in the way. (laughs) So anyway, that's all I. I I appreciate that, and I think it's we're all called to persuade. Paul worked hard day and night to persuade, Um, but the same time we realize only God gives the increase. Like only God can bless that work. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And people have to make a choice. They must respond. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think the bottom line is you could give it to them and they could reject it completely. But if they never receive it, if they never that's, hear it, mm-hmm. they have no other option. That's our, right? resp- that's where that's our so, responsibility yeah. is. Yeah. Right. And that's is, where is we're humbled too, because it's a news announcement. You're like the Lord has come to save you. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. Yeah. I announced this thing. That's foolishness to people. Hey, God was crucified and that saves somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. Not my ability to explain every single thing. Right. But Holy Spirit anointing that and sending it right to the heart of someone. I have to have the courage to speak that to somebody. Mm-hmm. I can't just show them by, you know, helping an old lady to her car across the street. They're not going to get saved from that. Mm-hmm. That could open a door for me to share. But anyway, I just wanted to touch that. That's a little yeah. um, little pet peeve. Yeah. No, no, no. I think you're I think you're so right too because so we went through the book of Acts with our young adults, right? And whenever like Peter got up to preach, it was not like this like God is just here to give you a better life. It was like you guys crucified God. You were against yes. Him. I mean, He like laid it out, and but here He is, you know, mm-hmm. like to bring you into this new. I mean, He like He did not uh, soften the blow. No, well, <laughs> let's he, put it he that was way. dealing with some stiff neck, hard core uh, <laughs> people. <laughs> Holy Spirit was all over it, mm-hmm. and it cut them to the heart, right? And it's like yeah. the sword. He anoints the sword, I love and it. so it, I love it's it. like we can't be afraid to just speak the truth, not in anger not in condemnation not in you know some weird mm-hmm. um fire and brimstone way wow. to condemn people so cool. but to but to actually give them the truth like this is the truth mm-hmm. like you were born dead you were born against god but he said he made a way for you to yeah. be in complete relationship with him to be his son or his daughter like there's like the the harshness of sin 
only makes the love of God like that much greater. Right? Isn't it's that like, the truth? Yeah. Well, you know, we the, yeah. the gospel yeah. is foolishness to to the world that's perishing, yeah. right? It, it, that's what it actually is described as, and um, and we get it. You know, we get we get that. And so what you're actually presenting them, like you said earlier, David, is like, hey, somebody died on a cross for you. And you're like, that is a strange Because of that, you will rise from the dead. <laughs> you'll rise from the dead, right. And you'll live forever with him. And you're yeah. like, sure, yeah. whatever that looks like. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is it is foolishness to those that are perishing. It's true. Yeah. It is. It's true. And it's historically true. Historically true. Yeah. It's historically true <laughs> foolishness. It, right. I mean, yeah. and that's the other thing is I, you know, matter of fact, I, uh, I've listened to a couple of these uh, Bill O'Reilly killing Jesus and all that. And he, and he oh, runs boy. through the history, mm-hmm. which it's a, actually, it's a great, I'm sure it is, it's yeah. a great little history book. Um, but it's just about the history of what happened with Jesus in his life and times and all. And yeah. it's, it's history. It's not like it's not. It's like a yeah. it, some uh, we're. It's not like we're just re- believing the Bible. No, <laughs> I say that oh kind gosh, of facetiously right, as right, Christians. Right. That's to hurt all the Christians yes, out yeah. there. But there's actually uh, you know historical facts mm-hmm. um, that present it that present sure. the actual what happened and uh, what's happening now. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to we need to get. I think we need to be okay with that. Confident with that and. Uh, and okay with like this is our God and everything we're presenting you might seem kind of we can't convince them to not look at it strangely because it's a little strange yeah Yeah. it's spiritual it's spiritual you're looking at it let me explain the gospel to you totally naturally it's like uh, (laughs) yeah Yeah, you you can do that I mean there's books written like that it's good to know that but that doesn't cut somebody's heart Right. It's right. the Holy Spirit. Not at all. And it is a simplicity. I just, um, I don't know, just on my heart to share it. I like, um, so for me, the, the evangelism thing, you know, I grew up in church and that has not really been like on my radar a whole lot, just yeah. to be very honest. We need honest. to change that, young lady. Yes, <laughs> but it is there. And, you, and really where I started to really see it and experience it and really have faith for it was when I started going to the prison. Yeah. Um, because I, I see there's all these men in there with like, they have no great futures ahead of them. Like you can't tell them like, come to the Lord and everything is going to be great. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you're in here for the rest of your life, buddy. And you got so hard things ahead of you. And, yeah. and there's a God who loves you completely and wants to save your soul yeah. and doesn't want you to yeah. go to hell. And it was like, I just remember like experiencing these really <laughs> basic, simple messages and these really hardened men like coming to the Lord and like, yeah, I want that. And they had nothing, there was nothing, there was nothing they were gaining out of it mm-hmm. except for relationship with the Lord, or maybe relationship yeah. with each other in some weird, weird way. And they did it Fellowship. weird and it was not perfect. And they had all, you know, not there were issues, but I, I saw like the power of the gospel yeah. in action. So, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And it like it, that's what I'm saying. Like I experienced, I experienced God there mm-hmm. in a way that I had never experienced yeah. him growing up in church. Yeah. And so like it sparked something in yes. me of like, yeah. wow, like this is like yeah. it, you don't have to give some eloquent message. You no. just give the simple truth and a Holy spirit yeah. speaks to the hearts and the souls and the spirits of men. Yeah. And he draws them. And he reveals himself Come to them. On, and he man. reveals like the the blessing of life and relationship with them, yeah. even with the hope of nothing else. So, so I'm like, wow, that that really that yeah. did something in me. And it's like yeah. it's growing in different ways for different people groups and, yeah. and all of that. But um I saw the power of the gospel in action. Oh, well, so you know, yeah. that's the joy of heaven. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. also what's interesting in a prison ministry, which I've done also for you yeah. know 30 years or some more, um, is that the, you don't have to convince those people they're in prison. Right. 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 In, in the world, out in the free world, <laughs> mm-hmm. people are in prison. Mm-hmm. They just don't know it. Mm-hmm. They have a sentence. They have a death sentence and don't don't recognize it. There, you know, most of the people we minister to in these prisons, they're actually uh, have a life sentence. Mm-hmm. They are never getting out. We've had a couple of miracles where one or two have gotten out, but most of them are never leaving the place. Yeah. And so uh, they don't have to be convinced of where their life actually resides. Mm-hmm. And from that place, it becomes very apparent 
what the relationship with Jesus is, uh, because there are people who are, you know, are out in the world that are in a lot worse prison mm -hmm. than people that are in, yeah. you know, in the uh, yeah. prison itself. Yeah. I was uh, preaching just last week, a place down in Stockton, and I mentioned that to the group there. I said, you know, uh, the, the word tells us, you know, whom the Lord has made free is free indeed. And there's a big difference between being made free and translations that say set free because, um, you know, and also you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free, not just set you free. I realize the component of that, but mm -hmm. the reality is there are people who are set free from prison and they are still locked in their life. Mm -hmm. And, and then there's people who are actually, you know, in life who are totally, uh, stuck yeah. in prison, but when God makes you free, because that's what the that's what the actual coming to the truth is all about. Yeah. Coming to Jesus in in real pure evangelism mm -hmm. is all of a sudden you were locked into your your hell, your prison already while you're here on earth, and now He opened it up for you. He He gave you a life. Uh, he gave you His life sentence which is a sentence unto life yes. rather than the sentence of death mm -hmm. that was Absolutely. working in each of us. And there's a, such a difference. And I love your, Liz, your passion about that because when you're there, you, you know, you're, you know it like people like they are desperate now for God. They, mm -hmm. and they don't, they could reject him and just go on be their yeah. self, yeah. be their, their own self in prison, mm -hmm. but they recognize, Oh, wow. The, I need him. I just need him. And it's, I think some, I actually think that's a simpler place to ministry yeah. evangelism than it's out It's refreshing the world. as a minister. <laughs> yes. right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I, when I did jail ministry, it was the same. I mean, I originally was ministering in Santa Barbara, a very wealthy community, very smart, well-educated. Sometimes you just feel like you're throwing seeds on the pavement. You know, it's like mm -hmm. nothing's going in. You're like a woodpecker in a petrified forest. Like you're just not getting, <laughs> you're not getting anywhere. That's my Southern preacher phrase for the day, but you're That's not, great. you know, you're not making any headway. Um, but then you go somewhere like that and you're like, well, this is good soil. This is where people know their need and they're going to receive the Lord. They're going to meet him. And it is the, the last will be first. Mm -hmm. It is like you see Jesus in evangelism. I was going to ask you guys, um, as we get closer to the end here, what's, what's your why of evangelism? Because for me, like that sort of hits on it for me. Like my why that I want to do it is basically God is calling us. Like one time he, he just told me, he's like, son, go with me to get my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm going, we're going to go get my kids back. Mm-hmm. And it's this intimacy with God. Like, yeah, I love the people. I generally love them more after I start talking to them. <laughs> like after right. I start bringing, when I obey God and I, I open up something or like I've invited the person to get coffee that I didn't really want. You know, I'm going to share a testimony with them. I'm going to try to try to persuade them and to pray for them beforehand. But the love comes in when I actually engage with the father and the son and the Holy spirit to try to get his kid back. And you, you bond with him in such a way. Mm -hmm. And you learn that he loves those guys that are in prison, that everybody else hates mm -hmm. and despises. And you don't even want to know what they did. Mm -hmm. Like I, I remember I led a guy to the Lord. I won't say where. It was in a jail. <laughs> and I, found, I read a, he was on the front page of the newspaper a couple of days later. And I was like, wow, I'm glad I didn't know that before I shared <laughs> the Lord with what this guy did was really, really, right. really bad. Mm -hmm. But the Lord, that was still his son. He didn't want him to enter into eternal separation from him. You learn how God sees things. You get closer to God when you step into that, that field. That's, so my why is like, yeah, I want to see people get saved from hell. I want to see the power of God move. But I love that the Lord is, is like giving me the invitation. He's like, hey, I need yeah. somebody to go with me. Need whatever he could send a dream to the person. But he's like, he's choosing me to be like, hey, I want you to come with me on this mission. And I bond with my father and my brother in that mission. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know, like, do you guys have things that speak to you of like a why that, I, that kind of I have only you? one why, actually. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. that it's such a simple question for me to answer to you. It's kind of weird. Um, it's because I was forgiven so much. Yeah, yeah. Like, really, that's what I always remember when I'm presenting the Lord is how much he, um, uh, you know, saved me from and loved me. And because I was forgiven so much, mm -hmm. like the word talks about, you love much. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually pretty simple for me to love people who don't know the Lord, mm -hmm. you know, uh, people in, in the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, 
and for that matter, the people of God, <laughs> um, because I know how much I've been forgiven. Yes. I mean, yes. I, I guess I'll leave it at very simple like that. I love it. I'll let uh, Liz Powerful. tell you her part. I mean, especially since Liz is dressed as a prisoner today. I know. It's like, great. No, this is a great. <laughs> yeah, you're representing. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's oh, great. Yeah. Freedom. It's awesome. Freedom. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, for me, it is. It is the love. The love part. I was like, as I get older, I get more and more of that. Like parental jealousy mm. um for them and yeah. like just walking around just like i want to just i wanted to scoop them all up and bring them home and mm. like <laughs> yeah. show them what life can really be yeah. like that's it's that's really awesome. is that it's awesome <laughs> yeah i can't say anymore and I, I think it's important for us as as believers to know our why for this yeah mm-hmm. because we can teach you all the tips and tricks and here's how you open a conversation here's right. Here's how you observe someone's tattoo and ask the Holy Spirit what right. the tattoo is. And you should do that, by the way. That's a really good one. That's cool and you can start speaking to their heart and, and talk about Jesus, bring in the facts of the resurrection, um, read books about it, like Pastor Bob was saying. You can learn all the tactics of it, and you should. But if you don't know your why from the heart of God mm-hmm. and from the scripture, you won't do it. You, you just won't do it. It's easier to sit in church, to sit at home, to sit on your phone, to sit on entertainment, to sit on sermons that you're listening to mm-hmm. and not engage with the mission. Um, and I'm speaking to myself on that. We all, are, we all have to, to step out because every time you love, you cross a barrier, you cross a street, you cross a divide, you step out of your way. <clears throat> that, that's how you evangelize. You have to be willing to break out of what's safe and step out of the boat to use biblical terms. You're always gonna have to take a step. And it's, it's usually not easy unless you're really in a momentum flow, which can happen. But that's all I wanted to say on that. Um, well, also, I really know Pastor our David, I think yeah. the, um, when you, uh, a lot of times people leave evangelism simply at the cross. Mm-hmm. I say simply, it's magnificent, right? Yeah. And we forget that there's a component of evangelism that goes beyond leading somebody to the Lord. Because if you just lead someone to the Lord and leave them there, they probably will just die on the vine there. Yeah. Like, and right. so there's the bringing them in to the relationship with the Lord and with his church mm-hmm. and with the people of God and, and with you yourself, like there's a commitment involved in that too, Yes, which I think that's one of the reasons why some people don't evangelize oh, yeah. because they're, it, they're, they're actually opening up a relationship with someone that they maybe feel they don't have time for. Or they and, don't really like that person. Well, they, well yeah. Also, <laughs> the what to do after you've yeah. brought them to Jesus. Like, you have to... Disciple uh, them. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. <laughs> it, people don't see evangelism as discipleship. I actually see it completely as discipleship. Step one of discipleship. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's got to flow right into it. It yeah. has to be part of it. Right. And uh, Or else they just, they just uh, stop growing, stop That's really you know, going. Yeah. So, yeah. You got to know that. I mean, we're making disciples, not converts. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you have to make a disciple before you make a convert. (laughs) Does it meet with someone over the long haul, right? And actually, like share share Jesus with them. Yeah. But um, did you have something at the end here? You want to share? No. Okay. I just have have something um, for you to do at the end is just think of everything you love about Jesus. Hmm. Maybe you need to write it on a piece of paper. That's good. Maybe you need to record it on a voice memo. Prophesy it to yourself list off everything you love about the Lord. The Holy Spirit's in that because the Holy Spirit, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. He will begin, you'll start to feel the anointing come on your words. And you're like, I love him. He wore a crown of thorns for me. <laughs> he took the darkness from me. He bled in my place. He said, you're looking for, you're looking for him, take me instead. He's the lamb of God. He's the king of kings. He holds all things together. He's the beautiful one in Song of Solomon, my beloved, my best friend. Just start, start preaching. The anointing is going to flow on that. And then what you do is you just find somebody else. And when it's appropriate in conversation, you're like, I just, the Lord showed me this today. Or did you ever realize Jesus is this way? Or you just start talking about him and you're evangelizing with power. You're not talking about yourself. You can bring in your testimony, but it's the testimony of Jesus. Just start doing it. Just make an appointment with somebody. Maybe you know them from high school. Maybe it's someone that you, you work out with. Maybe it's someone at work that you can invite to lunch and, and be like, let me tell you my life story. And just start. Just start somewhere. Make eye contact with the person at Panda Express and say, you're doing a really good job today. Thanks. <laughs> and if they talk more, you can talk to them about Jesus a little bit. 
So go out and try it. The only way for you to learn this is to go do it. (laughs) Go learn it. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com.